distribution to the, for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings. They owe it to the Jews to share with them material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Wow. Verse 30. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Thank you for your power that's been with us, healing, touching by your stripes. We're healed. Thank you for touching, healing people. Thank you for the many testimonies, God, that you're even bringing about, even now as we speak. And thank you for assembling a team and gathering a people, even a remnant, to pray and to fast and to seek your face and to expand the kingdom of God through, pre- through preaching and through outreaches and through action. Thank you for all of our small groups. Thank you for all of our leaders. Thank you for the faithful, faithful, faithful people you have brought here. Thank you for a healthy, thriving, growing church here in the valley. And we love you and we praise you. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight. Come on, ask God to speak to you. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight through the preaching of your word. We'll be sure to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't believe in mind over matter. I do believe in spirit-filled intention. I do believe in faith. I do believe in walking by faith and not by sight. I do believe in positive. I believe in standing on the promises of God. But more than that, I believe in the power of agreement. I want to preach to you a message about agreement. Everybody say agreement. Agreement. If you don't have any agreement, you've got trouble. If you don't have any agreement in your marriage, not going to have much of a marriage. If you don't have agreement on the work on the workplace, then you're not going to get much work done. If you don't have agreement in a church, you'll have strife. And where there's strife, there's every evil thing, according to the book of James. You must have agreement. Agreement's important. Matthew eighteen nineteen, Jesus said, Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree about anything you ask for, It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Why is agreement so powerful? We're going to look at lots of different scriptures, and I'd encourage you for all you note-takers and quick flippers in your Bible to get a hold of the truth of of agreement, the power of agreement. Everybody say the power of agreement. I think one of the reasons I think agreement is so powerful is that that God's in agreement. He's the three-in-one God. I believe it's eternal agreement. And as we characterize and live around agreement, we release His power. When we get in agreement with God, when we get in agreement with His Word, power is released. Period. That's the way it is. I heard somebody say this just recently. I like praying God's Word. Because when I pray God's Word, God hears it. He goes, I can get behind that because I said that. Bam! I like that. 
Everybody say the power of agreement. In Genesis 11 and verse 6, the Lord said, If as one people seeking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. That's talking about the building of the Tower of Babel. And we've preached on that. It's been years since we have. But they, they, they built this tower to reach up to the heavens. And if you look at some of the towers throughout the nations, some of the ziggurats in, in, in South America, there was evil, sinful acts that would take place. I mean, they really believed. Well, even, even in Japan. Japan, the whole process of bringing the emperor out to a, a rice paddy where he would there sleep with the sun god. That's really, I believe, what they were trying to do there at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to have communion demonically in agreement, have a demonic open heaven. And God saw from heaven and said, forget it, that's not going to happen. And he confused their language. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is where the, God's people live together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head, pouring down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It is as the dew of Hermon. We're falling on Mount, Z- Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows His blessing even life forevermore. Where there's unity, where there's agreement, there's a release of life. The power of agreement. John 17 and verse 23. This is the unanswered prayer. This is the real Lord's prayer. Many people say the Lord's prayer is the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name of the kingdom come, thy will be done. They said that's the Lord's prayer. That's the Our Father, really. The Lord's Prayer is really the longest prayer that Jesus ever prayed, which is virtually unanswered, is John 17. The whole, the whole thing. So you look, it's the biggest red section. If you've got one of those Jesus words in red Bibles. John 17, 23. I am in them, you are in me. So that I may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them, even as you have loved me. Jesus is saying that there's great power in unity. You see it throughout Scripture. There's great power in agreement. Romans 15, a little bit earlier in the chapter that we read, verse 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God... You may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Talking about agreement. Ecclesiastes, I love this, favorite, uh, another favorite verse of mine. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can... Help the other up, but pity the one who, fa- who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily or not quickly broken. Agreement, unity, must have it. We must have it. If we're going to fulfill what God's called us to do, you've got to have agreement. You've got to have unity. And if you don't have it, you've got to do everything you can to get it. For a while, I used to walk with people that I wasn't exactly united with. I don't do that anymore. It's too painful. I've made my number one allegiance to walk with God in unity with Him, in agreement with Him, agreement with His Word. And if somebody doesn't like it, 
Well, tough. You look at Acts chapter 2, and on the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. One accord. The Greek word is homothomodon. Homo, oneness, thomodon, fire or heat. One heat. The, the picture is the picture is, is a violent unity. A fiery, violent, vehemently united. And then the Holy Spirit came. You know, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. If we could just get the whole church focused on Jesus, worshiping Him with all their hearts in any one service, I will tell you this place will blow up. And we will have a rushing wind. You will have a release of the power of God that we've never seen before. You don't think that happens now? No, I don't. I, I think we've had moments, though, if you've been around. We've had moments where the, a critical mass begins to happen, where everybody's not worried about your hair, you're not worried about whether you missed something, part of your you know, shaving. No, I mean, how many of you ever trip out on stuff like that? He's like, oh, I was, I was driving to church and I'm so excited about being here this morning. And I'm excited about being here tonight and I can't wait till Tuesday. It's just awesome. Anyway, I'm driving and I, I looked in the mirror and I saw this little section that I didn't, I didn't, I missed. I was shaving and think, man, my wife didn't see that. She usually tell me that stuff. Yeah, she was too excited too. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot. Ah, oh, whatever. There's a lot of distractions. Dr. Joseph Martin, probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in ministry. Dr. Joseph Martin is this great man of God that used to come and preach and minister at our, our churches. He's now in Norway. And we had had a series of meetings, about four nights of meetings. And, and we're talking major, major miracles are breaking out. Tremendously accurate words of knowledge like there's a man here, you drive a blue car. This actually happened. Blue car and you just dented somebody. This car, you just had a little ding, a little fender bender, and it was yesterday. Blue car, their car, it's told the color, the whole thing. Where are you? Guy's like, oh, my God, that's me. Well, the Lord would say unto you, you know, I mean, it's just awesome, right? So we've been doing meetings for about three nights. And he wanted to send his shirts. You know, he only brought a certain amount of shirts. And he had to send his shirts to the dry cleaner. But on Kauai, it's hard to get your dry cleaning back on time and all of that. And I said, man, I'll, we'll take care of your shirts for you. So he gives me all his silk aloha shirts. And I didn't bother telling my wife because I wanted to just, you know, do a good job. And she had her hands full. So I took his silk aloha shirts and I just threw them in the washer, man. <laughs> and so I just washed them up. <laughs> yeah, I'm being a servant, the man of God. Washed up his silk aloha shirts, and they came out not looking too good. You know? And so I thought, well, no problem. We'll just iron them. And so I ironed them. And man, no matter what I did, these shirts just looked like junk. And I thought, well, hallelujah. Maybe I should run out and buy them. But by that time, it's like time for service. So I'm bringing his shirts. They're free. You, know, I, I, you know, we were just going, 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 going. So now it's time for the night service. So I bring his three shirts, and they just look like an elephant tap danced on him. You know what I mean? He's just hurting. And one thing, even, even some of the buttons are coming off and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, praise God. One button was loose, and so I like, tried to tie it. You know, I tie it up. Anyway, I, I, go, I go to church. I meet him. He's there. He comes in a T-shirt, and he's like, all right, hello, you got my shirts? I'm like, yeah. He says, God's going to move. God. 
And he would always shake. The guy shake all the time. The God's going to move. I go, yeah. He goes, all right, let me have my shirts. I'm like, all right, awesome. He's all, what happened? <laughs> I go, they're good, bro. They're good. <laughs> He's all, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And he just puts two away, and he takes the one off. I think it was his black one. He looks at it, and he goes, God. <laughs> he just falls. I'm right there. He's, he starts talking to God while I'm there. He's like, this is the last thing I need, God. The last thing I need is to be self-conscious. God. And he just goes, well, hallelujah. And he like undoes the buttons and he puts the thing on. He tries it, And one of the buttons pops off. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Uh, and he looks at me. He goes, send me to the dry cleaners next time. I said, amen. I'm sorry. He goes, no problem. Let's do it. And we just went out there. that get in your way to have agreement. There'll be all kinds of buttons popping off and things you didn't save. There's all kinds of things to think about that you didn't do tonight that you needed to do before tomorrow morning. There's all kinds of things that try to distract you from aligning with God's purpose in vision. And if you let it happen, you will not have the move of the Spirit of God that you could have had if you walked in agreement. There is power. Everybody say it. There is power in agreement. So why does Paul share his plans here in Romans 15 with the Roman church, the church in Rome? Why did the apostle Paul write to the church in Rome and tell about his plans about visiting Spain? What is that all about? Why would he do that? I think that one of the reasons is that Paul understood some very profound things that you need to understand, that we need to understand. Very simple text. The first one being, he had to let his vision be known. Everybody say, let your vision be known. If nobody knows the vision, then people perish. My people perish for lack of vision. Paul was sharing with them what God had placed on his heart. Why? So they could be in agreement. It says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 through 3, And the Lord replied, Write down the revelation, or vision, and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation, or the vision, you'll see vision in some versions, revelation in others, awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false, though it linger. Wait for it. Whoa. Will certainly come and will not delay. Paul understood that, that he needed to communicate to the church in Rome and to his people his plans, what God had spoken to do. Why? Because you have to let vision be known. 2 Corinthians 4.13, the Apostle Paul writes, It's written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. In Mark eleven twenty two. well, I should speak about that for a second. Second, second Corinthians 4, there is a principle of speaking forth, a declaring 
What is God going to do? God is going to build a 24-hour house of prayer seven days a week. It's going to happen right here. It's going to happen. We will open Anchorage. We will open, continue to see Delta move forward. We will raise up apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors. Come on, evangelists. We will see people launched out. We will do mission trips. We will grow. We will expand. It's going to be awesome. The very, the very pipeline that flows from Valdez, uh, pardon me, from, from the North Slope to Valdez, is a picture of what God will do in the spirit that he is releasing or building a pipeline through which the golden oil of Zechariah will flow to this state. And this state will be endued with his power and it will spread into the lower 48, into Canada, over to Russia. God's bringing revival in this place. Now, if you've ever heard me say that once, you heard me say it a hundred times. Why? It's vision. And we need to understand what God's doing. We need to be in agreement. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Actually, proper translation is have the faith of God. Jesus answered, truly, I say, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, 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 it will be done for them. There's a dynamic of faith that includes speaking forth what you believe God's going to do. These letters that the, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, they were read out loud. They didn't just take a little letter and say, well, praise the Lord, I read it. It's your turn now and pass the scroll. They, they read that to the church. They all understood. And I promise you that after they read, they said, come on, Shaka Taramahaya, let's pray for Paul. And they begin to pray. Oh, God, make a way. Let his offering, Lord, be received in Jerusalem. And God, release us finances. So the Apostle Paul says, I'm coming to hit you up for an offering. That's what he says. Lord, release money so I can give. They prayed that. I promise you they did. When people get all irritated, take an offering. My God, the Apostle Paul is right there in the Holy Writ in Scripture. I'm coming to take an offering from you. For Jerusalem, for the saints. You've got to understand the dynamic that's, that includes speaking forth what God has said to you. What is God going to do? the remainder of this year in your life. If you can, go ahead and speak forth what you believe He's going to do. I charge you. I challenge you. I tell you tonight as your pastor, those online, those listening now in the congregation, those that will listen even later by podcast and archive. You must understand and know clearly what God has said that He's going to do in your life. And then you speak it forth every day. Declare it. Write it down. Proclaim it. Pray it. Share it with somebody. Share it with somebody who's full of faith. My wife and I share things. We walk in agreement. Sometimes you share things with people and they look at you like you're crazy. That's called casting pearl before swine. I don't care if they name the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord they do. But some people don't understand. If you, Truth be told, if, if we were to share the things that all of the different things that are on our heart, you'd freak out. You're like, what? He's lost his mind. Yes, I have the mind of Christ. I'm glad I lost mine. All right, praise God. I think the second thing, the second reason that that the Apostle Paul shared this in Romans 15 is he understood his plans had to align themselves with God's plan. And And then God could do the impossible. 
Some of you have lots of great plans. Can I tell you something? If your plans aren't God's plans, you ought to trade them in for a new set. If you have plans that God didn't author, you ought to get yourself a new blueprint. How many of you know when Moses came down and God says, you know, build it according to what you saw on the mountain. If he came up with this, this new plan, he thought, well, this needs to be changed a little bit. I don't really see the, you know, the, the, you know it just doesn't look like it's proportionate to me. Some of you, God is speaking to you, and in your mind you're saying, well, that can't be because that just doesn't make sense. And you begin to reason away the plan of God. Reason, reason is the guillotine of faith. Get a word from God, proclaim it, declare it, pray, do everything you can to go through the door. And sometimes the door doesn't open, and it's a timing issue. Other times, you know, we, we just don't understand. I mean, I don't understand it all, but I know that these are spiritual principles. I know one thing. I, I've, I've, I've wanted to, you know, be where I am in my life right here about 10 years ago. The only thing is, if I did it, if I was at the place that I'm at in my life right now 10 years ago, I'd have probably killed some people. Pretty sure. You know, spiritually speaking. I'd, I'd have blown it. I mean, I, I just didn't have the, I didn't have the, I didn't have the, the, the character. You say, you didn't have the character 10 years ago? You bet I didn't. I didn't, I didn't understand endurance. I was more easily offended. I, 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 had, I had different hang-ups and stuff that God was healing me of. I'm sure I got a bunch now. Praise the Lord. Everybody pray for Pastor Daniel in the care of Jesus. Help me. Help me, God. Help me. The Apostle Paul understood that he needed to align with God's plan. And that, you know, if he did, that basically God could do the impossible. Romans 4.17 says this, as it is written... I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. In whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I don't understand. I don't understand God. I think, I think I'm learning his ways more and more. I don't understand how he can make something dead alive. I don't understand how he can create something out of nothing. I don't understand that. I don't understand how he turns the human heart. I don't understand lots of things about God. Job didn't understand either. I, didn't under, I don't understand thunder one, or lightning. Lightning. Let's talk about lightning. Let's talk about lightning for a second. One bolt of lightning can power a city of 100,000 people for a whole year. I read that. That's a lot of power. Voltaire, one of the most famous atheists in the thunder and lightning storm said, you know, there really could be God. Has anybody here ever been in, the, in a major thunder and lightning storm? You will call on his name. I'm telling you. He's like, God, do you even know where I am? Do you know what's going on, God? Do you even Ah, ah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. And it just straightens you out. We were hiking at 11,200 feet. That's when I got my head totally burned up in Colorado in the Colorado National Park or Colorado Rocket, is it? Rocky Mountain National Park. Amazingly beautiful place. We had to get up there early. Because thunderstorms blow in. And there's these signs with like bolts on them and stuff, you know, in the little corner. Watch out for thunder and lightning. I'm thinking, that's unusual. 
We hike for a little bit, and Karen's mom, who's an avid hiker, great woman, we just love her. She's precious. Grammy. Grammy's like looking. Well, the clouds look pretty good. I think we're okay still. And then we look a little bit. Of, oh, they're starting to gather a little bit, probably by the afternoon. But I think we're still okay. I mean, you're thinking, there's going to be a major problem if a, a lightning and thunder and lightning storm comes in. She told us about times where she was on the trail and all of her hair, you know, she has hair like to hear, right? Stay straight on end. Run, run, get low, run, do something. God, He's a God of creation. He's the God of creation. And what God has spoken to you, if you don't have money to do it, well, welcome to the club. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I couldn't be God because I just don't have the finance. Duh, duh, duh. Which way did he go? We never had any money to do anything that God called us to, ever. Hey, we didn't have the money to get out of de- to become debt free. We are now. You're obviously not as happy as I am. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy about that. That's awesome. He said, well, God's called me to go on this trip. But can I tell you, one of the things you know when it's God is, is you might be called to do something crazy, crazy in the eyes of other people, although it need, and it, there always needs to be a covering and accountability. So God, you know, you, you, you've, sometimes people want to get involved. You know, it's like a little league player plays really good Little League. He's like, I'm going to play for the majors next year. It's eight. That could happen. Maybe. I mean, nothing's impossible with God, right? Maybe people are like, yeah, no, I'm going to try out. I know people that want to do things that are so far beyond their character level. God's called them to it, but He's building them. They want to do it yesterday. They, they, like I said, I wanted to be here where I am right now ten years ago with a kind of maturity level and, and momentum in ministry. Church is blowing up, by the way. I don't know if you've known it. You know that? That's a good thing. Blow up. Lots of people coming. I mean, it's just amazing. Wait till we hit September. We will double probably by December. I believe that. I believe that. You say that every year, Pastor. Absolutely right. I do. Ah, we're going to double by the end of the year. Why? Because I just believe. What, what are you saying? I'm saying that you've got to have vision. And, but there's, there's times that we, we've wanted to do things, but we're not ready to do it. We try to push the hand of God. The Apostle Paul understood clearly that things were impossible, but if he lined up with it, nothing would be impossible. God can give you the money to do your dream. God can really see you the resources. God can give you the character to walk the walk. But if you can't handle your life where you're at right now, what makes you think he's going to give you something that's, that's global? Send you into a region to change a territory and you can't even take care of your own family. Newsflash. Practice at home. Get that working. No, nobody understands me and my calling. Okay. Romans 15:32. I love this. He, he asked them to pray. Listen to this. Romans 15, back in the text, verse 32. So that I may come to you with joy by God's will in your company and be refreshed. He, he, he says, I urge you. And he, he, he's, he's looking to them to say, pray for me. He's not, I am the Apostle Paul. And I have raised the dead. And I have come back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
walking into this thing. Jesus, help me right now. He's not walking into this thing just like, I'm the Apostle Paul. He's saying, pray for me. The guy that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He's asking for prayer. That's humility. I will say that you can't do it by yourself. The Apostle Paul knew that. You need to walk in agreement, but he understood. Why is he writing this to the Romans? Because he knew that it was impossible without their help, really. Come on, look at that. He needed them to be in agreement. Look at C. He needed them to be in agreement because he needed their help. He needed them to assist him and give him money. He's asking for an offering. Listen, I don't care what God's called you to. You need three things. You need people. Let's start over. You need the anointing, the power, the endowment of God's Spirit, the God enablement. You need that. You need people, and you need money. Those are the three things you need to fulfill the vision that God's called you to. That's what we need here at KC. That's what you need in your personal life and family. You need the anointing. You need people to help you, and you need some greenbacks, cash, some kala. Amen? You understand that? You, You know, it takes money to move things forward. But God's raising up Cyrus's. He's releasing the wealth of the wicked, the sword up for the righteous. God is doing it. Amen. Amen. He needed them to assist them. Verse 24 of Romans 15 says, Whensoever I take my journey to Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey. And then I'll be brought on my way there thitherward, as King James, by you. If first I be somewhat filled with your company. He, he, he's saying, look, I'm coming to you. I'm going to receive an offering and, and we're going to rejoice and be blessed. He, he needed them to assist him. And he needed them to pray for them. We really kind of already talked about that. Verse 31 talks about it. All right, God's talking to us. Everybody say, God's talking to us. There, must, there is always going to be a sharing of vision before it happens. So the power of agreement can be released. There always must be a sharing of vision before it happens. So the power of agreement can be released. Now, this is really a Sunday morning message, but I just figure I'm going to say it so much that everybody will get it. And by God's grace, we'll produce publications and banners. We're just going to make it plain. The first thing is, is the 12020. I want you to say that. The 12020. Now, right now, we have 73 different extension churches. In the next four years, we are believing that God will plant and birth forth a total of 120 churches within the next four years. Now, if you do the math on that, that's a little bit, I think it's a little more than one a month, a little bit less than one a month. That's fast. That's a lot. That's impossible. (laughs) However, nothing's impossible with God, right? We are approximately 12,000 people in size. It's church, our church, one church, many locations, about 12,000 people in total size. Within four years, we are praying and believing that we will hit 20,000 within the next four four years. So 120 extensions, 20,000 people. That is part of the vision now for these next four years. Something else, a a, a word out of Isaiah 35. So everybody say one of the 12020. Come on, say it again. The 120, 12020. All right. 120 churches, 20,000 in attendance within four years. We've been believing for that. For years, it was the 12, 12, 12. We're on the 1, 20, 20 now. And I haven't emphasized it as much as I perhaps I should have. But that's where we're at, and that's where we're moving forward. 
And we're still going to be a personal, powerful, permeating church that's on our sign. I'll, I'll, I'll be preaching more vision in the days that are yet to come. Let me, let me back up and say, here in Alaska, there's another very important aspect of the vision. Now, we're going to do life groups. We're going to do outreaches. Our youth group is starting up so encouraged and excited that God shows this fine couple, tremendous couple. They're raised in the church. Minister Alex and Shelby, they're, they're, they're strong. They're strong in character. I've known them for years. I know their family. I know their parents. I knew, I knew Minister Alex's dad. He was my, one, of my, one of my good friends. He's going to be with the Lord. He's like a spiritual son to me. I'm so blessed that he's coming to be a part of this. We prayed that it, that, that would be the will of God and believed that it was, and it is. God spoke to them, and they're coming. It's great. As we move forward, God has given us a specific mandate on this house, and I'm going to share that with you. <clears throat> Let me roll it all the way back to when we were on Kauai. God spoke to me. God spoke to my wife and I. I went on a run. I had a, an open vision and a word from the Lord. And the word was, which I, I just shared it, I'm sending you to Alaska. For in the same way that there's a pipeline from the North Slope all the way to Valdez, I am going to build a pipeline of my spirit. And the golden oil of Zechariah is going to flow through that pipeline. I'm bringing revival and reformation to the state of Alaska. And you're going to go and be a part of it. And at that, God had already been working in our hearts. Many, 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 many confirmations, prophetic words. We moved. Became the pastor. It'll be five years this October. It'll be five years that we've come pastoring here. We left, we left Kauai. Kauai was exploding with power. So many leaders. Church bubbling over. On the move. I mean, I felt like Philip leaving a revival or something, going off to the desert. But God captured our hearts for this place. And we came. I've shared many times before, we, the first night, standing outside the church apartment. We're all together as a family. I think we went back and forth for a little bit. But in January, we were all together. Our stuff's on the water, being shipped from Kauai. The family passed out after an all-night flight from the islands. I went outside at 10 degrees in a snowstorm in my board shorts from Hawaii and a pair of slip, perf, what you call flip-flops, what we call slippers in the islands. And I went outside and I just said, oh, God, I'm here. I've obeyed your word. It took us about two months to get everything moved. I think we were the, pastoring the church within a month after God spoke to us. Having prayed, God said, I want you to go now told Dr. Morocco, yeah, God's calling us to go up there. He said, when? I said, I'll pray. I prayed. The Lord said, now. I told doctor, the Lord says, now. What does that mean? Um, he said, get your tickets and go. And so in four weeks, I was the pastor of this church, and we had left to Kauai. It was way fast. There was so much leadership there, and the church continued to thrive, and we came. Standing outside in my slippers and my board shorts, I lifted my hands, and I said, oh, God, I'm here. I just want to feel the spiritual atmosphere. God, what's going on now? Talk to me. And all I can hear is, you're stupid. Free.
freezing outside right next to the door. I could go in at any moment. The Lord's saying, you know, it wasn't the Lord's really the devil or my flesh. You idiot. You left revival to come here. You left the Garden Island to come to Alaska. You bumped your head. You idiot. I just heard, you idiot. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not an idiot. No, no, no. I was like, oh, Jesus. And I could hear is, that is the stupidest thing you have ever done in your life. That is so stupid. Oh, you're brain damaged. I mean, it just was the enemy just beating on me. And at that, I just went, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. God, you called me. And I just prophesied out in the snow by myself. Tried not to be too loud, but frankly, I was fighting for my life. Lord, you said you're going to build a pipeline and the golden oil of Zechariah will flow. You said it. You called me. I'm here. And I think the snow started melting and I went back inside. We came. The church was about 30 people, give or take. Let's call it 40, but I think it was 30. Some of you were here. Who was here? All right. All four of you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. And, you know, the church went through some transition. Went through a lot of, lot of different transition, a lot of change. I'm, I was very different, sort of crazy. And, and Pastor Ken was a great pastor. Just, just love him, man of vision. God bless him. We wouldn't be sitting. We would not be here tonight. I honor him. We would not be here tonight in this building, which is debt-free and paid for, had it not been for that man of vision. His family that sacrificed and really, really plowed. We're, we're, we're part of the rewards that we're reaping right now is simply because he said yes. Amen. Long time ago, 11, almost 12 years now, right? Started in a storefront. God did miracles here. Gave us a piece of property that really Maui and, and the rest of the, all of the churches pulling together was able to buy this property that you see right across from Walmart. How many of you know this story? And, and they moved on there and put a house. We were actually able to buy it. I think, if I remember correctly, probably $675,000 we bought. Is it 16 acres? Yeah, that right? 18, thank you. 18 acres. We sold that about four years later for $3.5 million. Good investment. Very good investment. Disappointing to some of us, including myself, where we wanted to see a church on that hill. Wanted to see that happen. A lot of people got wounded because we sold it. But God allowed us to be in this place. It used to be the, the, the Wasilla Bible Church. Allowed us to buy it for $1.5 million cash outright. Paid for it. I, have anybody... You know what I'm talking about? That's a great miracle. The rest of it went into the vision. We were able to purchase Oahu, and it helped with the moving forward of the vision as a whole. And we would never would have had the 18 acres if it would not have been a part of a church that was in many different locations. I remember oftentimes Alaska couldn't even pay the, the couldn't pay the mortgage on the property. Come on, it, we're, you know we were we were fighting together. We came up here and we've been in this prop, in this building maybe I think almost a year, about 30 40 people. God began to move. I think we, 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 started, we, we started to grow. Within about 30 to 60 days, it was 100 people. Within the next three to six months, it turned to 200 people. Within the next eight months or a year, we, we had a high point of 275 people. I mean, the thing was growing. That's good church growth. Praise God. My wife and I thought, my gosh, now we know why you brought us. It's the golden oil of Zechariah. And then in the midst of that, God speaks to me and says, 
You're going on a 40-day water fast, and I said, I bind you, Satan. I bind you. I was more like this. I bind you, Satan. I was hitting the scales at about 260. I think maybe that had something to do with it. I did a three-day fast to see if I should do 40. You say, what does this have to do with the message? You need to hear this. I did a three-day fast to see if I should do a 40-day water fast, which I thought is nearly impossible because I remember the last time I did it, I think I was blending, you know, burgers and stuff in blenders to make it liquid. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Huh? Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? All right. The last time I did it on Molokai, 37 days, I popped the top of some, you know, uh, Frisky's uh, cat food or something. And I just sat there drooling. Oh, God. Oh, and I was all, and I was all, what am I doing? I'm losing my mind. I told my wife, I can't feed the cat anymore. That wasn't water. I'd like to think it was as stronger than it was, and, and praise God, it fulfilled what God called it to do in that hour. But God's calling me to a 40-day water fast. Now, I don't know how I'm going to do that, so I do three days. The Lord speaks to me and says, if you don't do it, you'll suffer great loss. Now, you think about what is the greatest loss you could have. What could that be? Greatest loss for me? I don't know about you. You might be thinking about the nations of the earth. I'm not. Greatest loss for me would be my family. It's not anything else but my wife and my children. And when that dropped in my heart very loud, very clear, I thought, great, I'm in. We picked a date and we started it. Within the first week, lots of things happened here. Suffice it to say that during that time of the 40-day fast, our church went from about 270 people whittled down to 100. There was all kinds of things being talked about. I even had even heard somebody say, Pastor, are you really sick? Because I'm losing weight like crazy. I'm not telling everybody I'm on this big fast. God started coming. We had a stage 4 cancer healed. I remember Pat was gone for six weeks or something, some training thing. You were gone almost the entire time. And when Pat came back, I remember standing right back there. The church had been, lots of people felt led of the Lord to relocate. And, and it was the Lord. It was the Lord for them. It was the Lord for us. And, and many of them are serving God on fire today in different churches. Our, our, uh, our worship leader was Jeremy Cotton. Anybody know who Jeremy Cotton is? He's a great man of God. I esteem him highly. He's a youth pastor over Church on the Rock. He felt led to leave. Different people felt led to go. And, uh, people that were on, on our board even, those that were running our administration felt like they needed to leave. And, and we blessed them. And if you feel like you need to leave and God's calling you somewhere else, we'll bless you. We're not, nobody's any controlling anybody. Come on, bless you. you know, go somewhere else if God's calling you. Amen. Let's fulfill God. It's all one body. It's all right. And so they, they left. And, and, and honestly, our hearts were broken. And in the midst of this fasting and praying, seeing so many people leave and wonder where the golden oil is. I know more about Zechariah now than I did then. On the last day of the fast, and oh, oh, back to the Pat story. Pat says to me, he kind of pulls me aside. Pull right by back by the ushers, little area over there. He says, what happened here? I said, well, bro, a lot happened. He said, where are the people? They're all, this is, if I remember, this is what you said. Where are all the people? And the people are gone. But, man, God is here. That's what you say. You remember that? 
I'll never forget that. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting touched thinking about that. That's awesome. Angels and visitation. And, you know, honestly, there's angels even here now. We just, you know, we don't worship them, but they are here. trying to gather my thoughts, but I've been, I got derailed there for a second. Or maybe I got put on the rail. I don't know. Last day of the fast, last day of this water fast. And, and I did suck butter out of toast a couple times, I will say that. Um, you know, so, I mean, I could have done a better job on my water fast. You know, I had some freakish moments where I was losing my mind. I remember that last Sunday. You remember that last Sunday? Sometimes we're all stressed to get out of the house on time. Is that anybody else or just us? That's, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty, like, pretty intense family. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're type A personalities all the way. All right. You're like, let's go! I mean, it's like, ah! Everybody's that. That's the way we are. We, we hang out with some friends. The, the Big Fat Greek Wedding. Anybody ever seen that movie? It set us free. I thought, yeah, that's us, man. That's us. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, you know, with some holiness. It's like the holiness Greek, Big Fat Greek Wedding family. Anyway, I'm coming down the stairs, and we're in this intense thing to get to the church and my body cannot physically take the pressure and the weight of going down the stairs anymore. And I, I lose all strength and have to lie down on the stairs. And I'm lying down on the stairs just kind of breathing in the Spirit of God on my, my final days. Uh, and my wife's all, oh, God, oh, God, you need to eat. You need to eat. My Karen's all, are you okay? Is your heart okay? You know, she's just an emergency tongues practically. It was a little scary. You know, 40-day fasts are not to be trifled with. They're, they're serious. And I don't even know how it happened. And God help me. I think I'm just going to eat hamburgers for 40 days on this next one that's coming up. So I don't know how we got through that last one. Hallelujah. I'm going to fast speeding. I'm not going to speed for 40 days. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Last day of the fast. I'm, I'm sharing all of this. I'm going somewhere. Everybody say, Pastor's going somewhere. I'm, I'm sharing with you vision and visitation. Why? So that we can be in agreement. So that you know where we're headed and what we're doing. Last day of the fast. I'm on the floor in my office, messed up in God, which is frankly how I spent most of the fast. I called Dr. Morocco and said, Pastor, before I did it, I said, God's called me to a 40-day fast, and I'm going to, like, fast and do the services, but that's about all I'm doing. Is that okay? He said, go for it. Praise God for a spirit-filled senior, senior apostolic leader. He said, you go for God, Daniel. I said, okay, and I did that. Last day, I'm on the ground. The Word of God is just, like, leaping off the pages. I'm just getting blown away, and God speaks to me and says, you will build a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer center. You will do it. And I thought, yes. Can I eat now, you know? <laughs> I just had this big yes in my spirit. I said yes. 
And we made an attempt after that to try to do it in some way. I think we had some prayer meetings. I changed some of the locks in the building to try to make upstairs a prayer center. And, and, and just, you know, got discouraged and just lacked wisdom and revelation to figure out how to do it. How do you do that? You know, you 24-hour prayer center, a guy shows up, and it's a married man and another uh, a married woman, so, so, you know, two separate spouses from two different marriages. What do you do with that? That's not good. Yeah, in the middle of the night. What are you going to do with that? And we didn't have that problem because I started thinking, that ain't going to work. You know, and then when I thought, well, maybe we would have our youth and they'd be really on fire, but, you know, they might be lighting some strange fires in the back room somewhere. Okay. So I, so we just didn't move forward. I didn't know what else to do. And I, I had some of our intercessors going, you need to do it, Pastor. Build a prayer room. Give us a prayer room. i like, okay, we'll just see. Anytime somebody tells you something to do, just say this. We'll just see. Say that. We'll just see. All right, good. So, you know, we said that. We'll just see. Everybody say it again. We'll just see. You don't ever get pressured into doing anything. you got to pray and, you know... God help me in my shortcomings. Help me. Everybody say, God help me in your shortcomings. Amen. God help me. Jesus help us. So we we moved forward. Time went on. And right around the time of the call, how many of you went to the call? Powerful time. Just before that, Randy and Kelsey Bolander and a team from Kansas City came in preparation for the call. I got an email from the Valley Pastors Prayer Network that they were coming. And I thought to myself, there is no way on God's green earth I'm not going to be a part of that. And I had not been really an active, well, I've been an active part, but not as active as I could have been in this prayer network of all the pastors. And so I thought, I'm not missing that meeting. I'm going to that one. I went to that meeting and we connected supernaturally with these people. Now, let me, let me just go on to say this. That they, they felt that God spoke to them while they were back in their homes about us. Before they ever came. And others also. So I'm not saying there's anything great other than God does choose. God does, God does pick Davids. Are you a David? God, I'm, I don't want to come off arrogant, but I am, I am a David. I'm a worshiping nut. I just love God. I just love, want to worship, want to pray. That's what I want to do. And so... We connected supernaturally, and a number of others, pastors and, and different people connected with them also. It was supernatural. And we planned to take a, a trip to Kansas City, and the doors flung wide open with favor. They came back, they did the call, and Kelsey Bolander preached from this platform, this pulpit, basically saying, God is telling you to build a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer center, and talked about the great struggle that's coming upon our earth, and the great difficulty that's going to come in the days yet ahead. And she basically pointed at me, and I think I'd have to go back and listen to the tape, but I think she said something else, but let me tell you what I heard. If you don't do it, you'll suffer great loss. That's what I heard in my spirit. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, God, that's not about me and my little 40-day fast. That's about obeying the will of God to build the tabernacle of David in the midst of this city. And I started to understand all of a sudden that the golden oil of Zechariah that would flow comes out of prayer and fasting. It comes out of people repentant and broken. That's how the golden oil comes. Through godly leadership, Zerubbabel and Joshua. Some of you know the text. The lamp that burns. It's a picture of burning. The altar burning, never going out. 
I thought, oh God, forgive me for wasting any time. I just say yes. And some of you are in that service. I felt like God was handing a baton to us. And I stood here and I said, you know, I, I was going to say, oh, I believe God's handing us a baton and we're going to run with it. Before I could do that, this lady, Becky, Becky Jackman, we just stayed in their home, came and said, weeping and crying. After she prophesied over my wife on the front, weeping and crying, she says, I think I have a word from God. I said, go for it. Mickey Mouse could have prophesied right down or the atmosphere is just charged with God. And she said, I believe the Lord's handing you a baton, the very thing I was saying. I was about to say the same thing. And I said, I believe you're absolutely right. And I turned to Randy, who's one of the, one of the leaders over there in Kansas City, and a, a tremendous man of God, him and his wife. And I took his hand and I say, I take the baton. It was right here. How many of you were here? I said, I take it. And then I said, you're going to help me. Well, help us, they did. And help us, they will. And we are moving forward, not only in the one twenty twenty. We will build the tabernacle of David, the 24 hours a day, seven days. We will build a house of prayer. I don't know if we're going to call it a house of prayer, but I mean, that's what it's called. My house will be a house of prayer. That's scripture. You know, I just, you know, I'm thankful for the vision that's over there in Kansas City. We have to, we have to bring that. They don't care about their vision being part of They don't care about their stamp. We're going to take it, be a, make it a part of the vision that God has called us to do. There is a mandate upon this house. Why are you sharing this? Because if I don't share it, you won't be in agreement. I want you to pray. Will you say yes? Will you be a part of this thing? Will you pray? Will you be a part of it? Let me just tell you where I believe this is heading. And can you turn off the record and still broadcast? Do it. Please. Help them out and make sure. I I don't want this. I don't want to record it. Left. (laughs) That was for all of you guys. God bless you. Thanks for for bearing with me. We love you. Just some sensitive things and uh, didn't want to be held down to any of them. No blasphemy going on. Just casting some vision. Will you all pray and get an agreement? Would you agree? Would you agree? Agree for God to pour out His Spirit. Agree for God to raise up singers and, de- and musicians and intercessors and leaders. Maybe God has spoken to you to open your home to do a life group. Do it. Get in agreement with what God's saying. What has God said to you about your own individual life? So I, I feel like I don't have any vision, Pastor. Well, be a part of this one. We've got plenty of vision to go around. We need help. We need help. Look at C. Back to your notes. Just a couple more points. I'm done. God's calling us to believe for the impossible. Will you believe with me? And this is a Sunday morning message. I'll have to say it again. But Will you believe with us? Will you believe? How can we do that, Pastor? It's the same way when I stood in a little congregation in Molokai with next to no finances and we didn't even cover our own bills and they took care of everything from the main cathedral and we just, you know, there was poverty and and lack and, and torment and drug abuse and domestic violence higher than any other population base there in Molokai. And we stood there and we pointed to some little room and we said, we're going to put a radio station in there and you should have seen all the people. But we just kept saying it. We're going to put a radio station there. God's going to help us build a radio station. And before you know it, it's just like breathing. Everybody point to the room. 
God's going to help us build a radio station. Guess what? We built, by the grace of God, as a church, as a team of people, the only radio station that's on the island of Kauai. The only one. They didn't have the money to start. All we had is vision and faith, and we prayed. And God did a miracle. I'm going to tell you what God is going to do is He's going to build a pipeline. Lord, even as you declared to me that there's a pipeline that flows from the North Slope down to Valdez, pumping forth oil into vessels and going around the world, so it is that you're going to build a pipeline of your Spirit through prayer and through fasting, day and night, night and day. And it will release the golden oil of Zechariah down in to this land and it will flow across Alaska and it will flow down into Canada and down into the lower 48 and over into Russia and over into China. God, you're going to raise up a praying church, a church that has a praying church, a praying church. Your house is a house of prayer, a praying church day and night, night and day. Bring musicians, bring intercessors, bring your people. We will do it. We say yes. I commit my life to it, God. I will do it. I will do it as best as I can. Help us. Help me. Help us, God. Walk in agreement to see your plan and your purpose of incense based on Malachi chapter 1 and verse 11. That incense and a pure offering will rise from every place in every nation. Raise up a praying church. And Lord, let us be apostolic in that. That we would plant churches that pray. That we would plant houses that pray day and night, night and day, reaching communities, bringing forth the oil of heaven, God, all over the earth, all over the earth, all over the earth, God, do it, we ask, in the matchless name of Jesus. Worship team. Say yes, oh, 
We say yes, a Macadalam Dosh and Deacana. We say yes, a Randon, the Lamanda, the Lamanda, so willing to your way. We say yes. We say yes, Lord, Lord, Lord. We say yes, Lord, to your will. To will and to your way. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes, Lord, Lord, Lord. Your will and to your way. We say yes. We Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, night and day, day and night. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Night and day, day and night. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up the pr- If you feel like you just want to dance and worship God freely, use your banners, scars, it doesn't matter. Go for it. Come on, lift your voice. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. And day, day and night. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. Raise up a praying church, Lord. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say willing to your way. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. If you feel called and you you say, Pastor, I'm in agreement. I'm with you. And listen, I'm not trying to get, you know, everybody in the altar. I mean, you feel like, yeah, do my heart's for that. And you can walk in agreement with that. Now, if you can, it's okay. I'm not trying to force anything. But, I mean, it's okay. I'm I'm not going to agree with something that I'm not going to agree with. Amen? And it's okay. We can still operate in part of a church if there's there's some people that just don't understand something fully or aren't fully involved in, in that. That's okay. You say, well... I just feel called to do missions. Where do I fit in? We're going to do missions. Youth are going on a mission trip. Minister Alex is a missions nut. We're going to do missions. We're going to we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to plant churches. We're going to do life groups. We're going to do outreaches. We will do birthday of the king or you know we'll do something October to to reach. We're still going to do all the things that we're doing. But at the core, the generator of it all will be a prayer culture. Do you feel like you can get an agreement with that? Come on. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. To your will. To your will and to your way. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. 
for the 12020. We pray, God, and ask that you would allow us, enable us, God, to plant, and even in the next four years, 120 churches in the nations of the earth, a total of 120 churches, that you would add to us, that you would help us, that you would bring us to people, and that we would see 20,000 people in worldwide attendance. Lord, I know that you have called us, even in the midst of the vision of KC, to be a forerunner. That is the mandate and the call you've had upon my life. Even as Dr. Morocco laid hands on me, he said, I give you the anointing of a provoker. (laughs) When I was made an associate, they laid hands on me and said, the anointing that's upon you is to provoke people. I thought, I don't know if that's good or not. Hallelujah. Can I have like the Elijah one? Actually, I think it is that. That's upon many of us. Provoke people to good works and righteousness and holiness and stir people on. The gift of the zeal, the zeal of the house of the Lord to consume you. And Father, I'm asking that you would grant to us favor and you would give us wisdom and a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We humbly ask God that you would allow us to get the plan to to even see a, a greater movement of prayer. I thank you for 30 plus years, even passed from generation from Dan Morocco to Dr. Morocco. We have always been a praise to praise, praise, morning prayer in every house. It's part of the deal. Pray, pray, fasting. And Lord, I'm asking that we, you would allow us, Lord, to add God that the next level, another level of wholehearted devotion. Raising up intercessors and musicians and singers and leaders, those with apostolic anointing. Raise up pastors and teachers and evangelists. Raise up prophets. That this place would be a tremendous launching pad for many. Even into Russia, even into China, even into the nations of the earth. Yes, the cities and the villages of Alaska, but even beyond. We say yes. We say yes. And I close with saying this. On one of the last days we were in Kansas City, I was just talking to the Lord, kind of getting the whole plan of what He wanted to do. And You know, it's so complicated with so much administration. And God's giving us the gifts and giving us all the people we need. And I mean, all I could say is, well, I don't know about it all, Lord, but I just say yes, God. Yes. Just say yes. 
I had one of their main leaders over there say, you know, God has spoken to you, and there's a yes in your spirit, but you don't know what it's going to cost you. <laughs> I thought, well, we'll just stay drunk in the Holy Ghost, and that'll help us, amen. And we'll just keep going forward and, and, and do whatever He wants to do. We just felt this yes. Come on, babe. We go walking into the prayer room just outside, and this young, cool sort of dude says, Hey, man, I, I had a dream about you last night. I said, Really? He said, Yeah. You were like sitting in a chair, and you were just saying yes. I thought, Really? Huh, that's just, that's exactly right. He said, So the Lord, the Lord told me in the dream to give you a word. I said, Yeah, what is it? He said, the Lord said, your yes is beautiful to him. Your yes is beautiful to him. I thought, whoa, ah, hallelujah. Isn't it great to be beautiful to Jesus? You're beautiful to him. Wholehearted obedience, set apart for him. Gosh, this is one of those prayers that, that are a little scary to pray, but I'm going to pray it. We're getting an agreement. No matter what it costs, no matter what it costs, we will follow through on the mandate. On the mandate, God, to do this. I make a vow with my wife before you to do it. To raise up 24 hours a day, seven day a week, prayer. No matter what it costs. A big swallow and a big gulp for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Every every heart bowed. Everybody looking around. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Let me just ask you this question. Are you right with God? Are you? If you're not, get right with Him right now. Get right with God. Heads up and everybody looking around. Just get right with Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just repent if you need to. You're willing to your way. To your will and to your way. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. Talk to God. Just talk to God. Yes. Will and to your 
Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move, Lord. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move, Jesus. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move, Lord. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move. Move. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to move. You want to move. Jesus, say what you want to say. Move the way you want to move. bless you tonight in the name of the Lord. Things that I've shared perhaps were premature. You know, I want you to know as your pastor that I lead the best way I possibly can. I But I want you to pray. And I believe you come in Sunday night, you must be hungry for God. I want you to pray. This is not all endorsed by doctor yet. All right? Okay? And I want you to know what he wants to do is the will of God for this house. I understand submission. I don't need to be learning that again. I understand that. We're not trying to bring something in that we're not. We're trying to take what we already have and blow it up. We're already a praying church, but we want to really make it big and strong. I will share this last thing. As I stood before a notable prophet and a man of great wisdom, he said this to me. He said, one of the reasons that God has wiped out your debt is because 
the temple, the house of prayer, cannot be built except with peace. And you cannot build without peace. And so I leveled that. Even as David wanted to build the temple, he said there was too much blood on his hands. God has cleansed you and wiped out wiped out what would not bring peace and allow you to do that. That's the first thing. Because you cannot, you cannot, you can't build the temple of the Lord if you understand what I'm saying in Tabernacle of David. You can't, you can't build a house, you can't really build a church without, you can't do anything without peace. Nothing. Peace leads you. Let it guide you. Let it direct you. That's a word for you also. Peace rule your decisions. The second thing he said is, he, I get the word strategic defense, strategic defense, very loud and clear. And that Alaska and what you're, what you're going to do and build there is for strategic defense. He said it very might well be that which is in the natural, but he thinks for, you know, definitely in the spiritual. It's a strategic defense, a strategic defense and raising up a, a, a people that pray to thwart, really, the judgment that can come from God. You know, some, I might be shooting over some of your guys' heads, but I'm just telling you, whenever he raises up a prayer movement, whenever he does that, it's to stay the hand of judgment and to release his grace. And, of course, the last thing is for revival and awakening and reformation. And so, you know, renewal, revival, awakening. Revival and renewal are the same thing. Awakening's not. Awakening and reformation are not the same thing as revival and renewal. That's where I'm going. That's where we're going for. We're going for awakening and reformation. Those are the purposes, really, for what God has for us in this hour. These three things they gave us. You're going to build it. It's going to be on peace. And that's why he wiped out my own personal debt. I mean, I'm not at liberty to share all the details of it. But just let me tell you. There's no way from my past, what I came out of, that God, only God could have cleaned my slate. He did with His blood, but then He did it in the natural too. That's a total miracle. Total miracle. And I prophesy to you that many of you will receive the same thing, especially those who are key to the building of this thing and moving forward in this vision. Your debt's going to be wiped out. It'll be wiped out. It's because he wants you to be moving forward with peace, building the temple of the Lord, peace. Remember, not the sound of one, one tool, not the sound of one tool was heard on those blocks that Solomon built. They were all made to measure outside and was put together. There was not one sound of any hitting. There was no strife. There was no fighting. There was peace all around Solomon, son of peace. There was peace all around as they built the temple. Are you catching what I'm saying? All right, it's not Christianity 101. We're... A little deeper there, all right? Peace for a strategic defense, for reformation and awakening. That's where we're headed. Can somebody say amen in here tonight? Very sober service, very sobering service for me. I'm gulping a couple times because I do feel it's going to cost. Count the cost before you head off. God's so amazing. He hooks us, makes us totally set on, and then it's like, yeah, oh, by the way. <laughs> by the way, and you know, Lord, give me the, your resurrection power 
and the fellowship of your sufferings to do it. Yeah, that's not a Western church prayer right there, God. Wow. All right. Take someone by the hand. We're done tonight. I hope that we're walking in agreement. You understand where we're headed in this new thing. Amen? Would you pray? Let me, let me say this. I'll say this. In the next few weeks, very critical to what God's doing here in Alaska. In the next three, three weeks? Is it three? Yeah, I, I, really, I really want you to agree with me and pray fervently, uh, especially over the next three weeks. All right? It's a prophetic conference I'm going to, and my wife will be ministering and preaching while I go to that, and it's just going to be great. Would you pray? Would you agree in the next three weeks God's plan and will for our church and for the valley and for the state, for our nation to come about? Very critical time. Always be praying for elections, all of that. It's a great, great, great hour to be alive and be serving God. Amen. Father, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.